Welcome to Marketing with Walker and Grimm, the show about marketing and advertising specifically targeted for those of us in central Pennsylvania. I'm John Walker, and when I'm not doing podcasts, I serve as the digital marketing director here at LNP Media Group. And I'm Marcus Grimm. I'm the Vice President of Market Growth and Innovation at Benchmark Construction. John, here we are, man. Episode three. Wow. We've got two under our belt already. Well, John, today we're going to be talking about something that's already been a part of, it's been part of marketing literally for a very long time, yet until 10 years ago, it didn't even have a name. And and now, to be honest, I'm, I'm not even really thrilled of the term. Yeah, what's that? Well, it's content marketing, and, I, and, I, and I've just, I've never liked those words. I mean, it's a word that we hear all the time. There are ad agencies that only do content marketing, trade shows, magazines, more. It's all about content marketing. But, you know, until about 10 years ago, the term didn't even exist. Now, before we go into content marketing and the history of it, um, which really predates the practice of it, John, I want to tell you a story about content marketing, can I? Yeah, okay. I, w- I want to hear it. So this goes back to 2007. This is about 11 years ago, uh, and I get a phone call from an acquaintance of mine. Uh, He works for Penton Media. And his name is Joe Polizzi. And Joe Polizzi uh, knows that I was into a specific type of marketing. And he asked me to be the the advertiser of a new magazine. And I was the first advertiser in a magazine called Content Marketing Strategies. No way. And I was. And I remember saying to the guy, uh, explain to me what this content marketing is. And in a lot of ways, I'd already been doing it, but I'd never heard it called that before. Now, what's amazing, John, is 11 years later, or actually 10 years later, just last year, Joe Polizzi went on to found the Content Marketing Institute. He started Content Marketing World, and he sold it all last year for $17 million. So I was smart enough to be the first advertiser in his magazine, but not smart enough to, to hitch onto his coattails and, and make $17 million. So Polizzi, he was sort of like the George Washington of content marketing. <laughs> That's, that is exact. And, and you were sort of like the John Adams, maybe. <laughs> Well, that, that, that's that. I suppose that that's that's one way one way to put it. So yeah. So, um, but but you know, um, yeah, you know, you and I were talking about this, John. We're going to talk all about what content marketing is. But let's be very clear: it's not new. Tell 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 people a very okay. old story. Yeah, I mean, content marketing is old, um, and and sometimes called native advertising. Um, but let me tell you a story um, about content marketing, and we're going to, and it relates to Guinness Stout that delicious dark beer that some of us like. Marcus, do you like Guinness Stout? Uh, you know, you, you, can do, you can do a lot worse than drinking a Guinness. Okay, yeah. I, I wish we were drinking Guinness now, but hey, it's uh, 10 in the morning. <laughs> All right, so the year was 1952, and none other than advertising legend David Ogilvie had the assignment of creating advertising for Guinness Stout, right? Okay, so he was riding on the train uh, from his office in Manhattan to his home in Westchester, and he had an idea. The idea was, what goes great with Guinness? And he thought, oysters. Oysters go great with Guinness. You know, there's even a restaurant in Grand Central Station called the Oyster Bar. Maybe that inspired him. But he determined that people like to wash down their oysters with Guinness. So he created something called the Guinness Guide to Oysters as an (laughs) ad campaign. Right? I love it. Guinness Guide to Oysters. And rather than directly tout the benefits of Guinness, um, he focused on teaching people about different types of oysters, about their different flavors, where they come from, um, which go well with uh, different types of other foods. 
So it was native advertising in its purest form. It was everything you want to know about oysters brought to you by Guinness. So it was, it was, it was education, and, and the brand kind of hitched onto that, that oyster education. And, and, you know, really, John, if you think about it, there, there's three different ways we communicate. There's, there's information, there's education, and there's entertainment. And, and content marketing really likes to hang out on the last two of those, that, that education and entertainment. So, you know, you talk about the fact that this wonderful placemat educated me about oysters. So Guinness hitched themselves to that. But you know what? They also ju just did pure entertainment. You know, most people aren't aware that the Guinness Book of World Records was also created by the Guinness Brewery, simply as a way for people to hang out in bars longer and discuss trivia with one another. I did not know that. Absolutely. I think you're making that up. I am not. And not only that, John, but uh, maybe you've seen, uh, maybe you've been looking for a five-star Michelin restaurant. Okay. It was started by the Michelin Tire Company as a way to get you in your car to drive further to a restaurant. Fascinating. It is. And so, you know, to, to be clear, look, all marketing intends to grow business, but content marketing is more subtle about it, okay? This, it's all about that education and that entertainment piece. It's how can I do marketing that doesn't uh, insult the buyer, that doesn't bang them over the head and say, buy our stuff, buy our stuff. It's trying to make them feel better about the brand. Let, let me ask you this, though. I mean, you, you and I have been doing marketing a long time, and we've both had many experiences with clients who want to get as much you know, value out of their advertising as possible. And their inclination is always to sell harder, make the logo bigger, tout the benefits more aggressively, which is really the opposite of content marketing. So why, why does content marketing work? Well, I, I think it works because first off, it doesn't insult the buyer because it doesn't assume that the buyer is ready to make a decision right now. Content marketing really is about increasing that brand affinity, positioning yourself for when the customer is ready to buy. And to be clear, there is a role for direct marketing. There is a role for lead generation, but let's be very, very specific about this. That's not what content marketing is. Okay. So one thing we can agree on is that there has been a recent explosion in content marketing. I mean, in marketing circles, all you hear about is content marketing. Why is that? Well, I, I think the reason it, it's happened is because the reality is today, the internet has made us all media companies. So for instance, John, if I wanted to advertise in downtown Lancaster 25 years ago, I, I, you know, I really had two options. I could call up WGAL or I could call you folks up here at, at LNP. But the reality is now I can be my own media company. I've got the internet. I've got email. I've got YouTube. I can, I can launch my own TV station tomorrow. I can launch my own podcast tomorrow. The reality is all these channels have opened us up so, that, so, so it's able that we can do more. Okay, that, that makes sense. Now, so tell me, though, what, what relationship content marketing has with, with traditional media? Because, you know, I mean, I, I can argue that, uh, you know, we have 65,000 uh, subscribers here and, and that that's worth something. How, how, is, how should a marketer think about content marketing versus thinking about traditional media? Well, it, it, it's a great question. So the que what you're really saying to me is, as a marketer, why should I use LNP today compared to maybe why I would have used LNP 20 years ago? And the reality is, the traditional media partners have tremendous advantages uh, that, that we should be looking at. The first is 
you're, you're bringing audience, okay? I've got a good database back in my office, John. I use that database, I keep it clean. Guess what? Your database is stronger than mine. You have an entire army of people here that are growing your database and building your database. So you can bring me audience. You can bring me new audiences. People come into the area. Um, that's what, what LNP can bring to me. You also bring distribution. So, so one of the things that I really believe is I do believe in doing my own content marketing. We do produce videos at our own company. But why not, when I've taken that money to create that video, align myself with someone like LNP for distribution? Okay. And to be clear, um, you know, you and I are sitting in a really nice studio today. So you bring production value. You know, how many times have we seen brands today that are that are trying to produce their own podcasts, their own videos? And let's be honest, the quality is so bad. And listen, I think I think we've seen a lot of lower end videos today that work. But you know what? There is a certain bar that you have to hit. And just because everyone has an iPhone doesn't mean everybody is a movie producer. Right. That's that's fair. Okay. So what you're saying is, um, when I come up with the next campaign, uh, the Guinness Guide to Oysters, uh, there's a role for media companies to help distribute that message. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you're and and if you're a marketer, you're really missing out if you don't take advantage of it. You know, a final thing that I want to point out too is, you know. The traditional media companies, the WGALs of the world, the LMPs of the world, you guys have credibility, okay? I'm a marketer, I'm an advertiser. If I can push those things out through your channels, it just increases the brand credibility. Uh, fair points, yep. So um, now we're, we're headed toward a break, but I wanna define uh, content marketing and how we differentiate it from regular marketing. So can you talk a little bit about that? Let's, let's have a definition for content marketing and how to differentiate it. Okay, so again, to me, content marketing, John, is marketing, again, let's go back to those three pieces of, uh, those three pieces of ways that we communicate. There's information, there's education, and there's entertainment. So I tend to think of uh, information being where we go direct marketing. I really want you to buy my product or service because of X. Now, if I go over into content marketing, education. Here's something you might need to know about if you're thinking of buying any product from this category. I'm gonna put my logo on it. I want you to think about me. So for instance, it could look like Lancaster Toyota putting out a little brochure that says, 10 things to know before you buy a car. Okay. Doesn't tell me to go to, to Lancaster Toyota. It just tells me 10 things I need to know before I buy my car. That's education. And then finally is the entertainment piece, you know, um, which is which is where we're just putting that brand out there in a way that is that is entertaining to the listener. So how about we do this, John? Let's go take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to tell talk about how to do content marketing right, and we'll talk about some great examples right here in Lancaster. Good. I also want to hear about some of the bad examples of content marketing. Oh, there's plenty of those, John, and we'll get into them. You are listening to Marketing with Walker and Grimm. Listen to more episodes of this podcast on lnpmediagroup.com. Now, back to Walker and Grimm. All right, we're back. You're listening to Marketing with Walker and Grimm, the show about marketing and advertising for businesses in central Pennsylvania. And today we're talking about content marketing, or as it's sometimes known, native advertising. Okay, Marcus, so you've been helping us understand what is content marketing, uh, why would we use it, now, let me ask you, 
how do we do content marketing well? No, that's a great question. So, so here's, here's five quick tips that, that I try to do with all my content marketing. So the first is you want to think content first, channel second. You know, it's interesting. I have media people call on me all the time. Some of them are for LNP. Some of them are from the Central Penn Business Journal. And, and I'm always asking them about their channel, their distribution, you know, how I can get, how I can get my stuff out there. But the reality is I got to have that content nailed down. I got to know what I'm trying to accomplish. It does me absolutely no good to buy placements with you if I don't understand what the message is going to be. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is, is almost related to that is understanding well, what is the goal? Are we trying to educate here? Or are we trying to entertain here? Um, lots of times marketing guys get pulled into a room and, and, the, and their bosses say, hey, listen, we need to do this. Well, the first thing you got to say is, well, why? What am I trying to get somebody to, to take from that? Um, really, this is a tough one, the next one. Understand that content marketing at the beginning is all about brand, okay? This is a tough one for people because everybody wants that ROI, John. Every meeting you're in, the people are probably like, what's my ROI on this, right? Yeah, and I, I got it just as a side point. I'm remembering the days when uh, YouTube first came along and we would have clients say to us, I want a viral video. Can you make me a viral <laughs> video? <laughs> That's absolutely right. You know, they're, they're trying to get that return on it, but but, you know, it, it's all about brand. Now, all that being said, you know, the reality is good content marketing absolutely can be used for lead gen. Okay. So here's what I want. I want our listeners to do. I want you to take out your pen at this point, unless you're dry, unless you're driving in a car, then otherwise just try to remember what I'm saying here. Here's a piece of content marketing everybody should have on their website. 10 things to know before you buy X. Hmm. And good, X good can be, John, whatever your brand is. Ten things to name, ten things to know before you buy a swimming pool. Ten things to know before you buy a mortgage, okay? And then you write that content and you don't talk about your brand. You educate people and you put that on your website with a lead generation form. And now you've given people education, but you've also put them into the top of that funnel, which, which is huge. And then the final thing that I would mention as my other, my other fifth point is, listen, they call them a one-hit wonder for a reason. Content marketing, like everything, we all, everything else we do in marketing, it's all about consistency and doing it on an ongoing, regular basis. That's how you do content marketing well. All right, those are great points, and that's helpful. Now I'd like to transition to some businesses here in central Pennsylvania. All right. That sounds great, man. Yeah. Can we talk about um, some content marketing that you see from local businesses here? Okay, absolutely. So let's let's talk about, um, I'm going to give you four examples of true content marketing. Okay. The first is our friends out at RLPS Architects on, on Oregon Pike. Outstanding architectural firm. They, they've been around for a very, very long time. They do something in the holiday season. Here we are in January, just wrapped up. Every year, for, for years, they have been doing the most amazing gingerbread display out there. And if you think about it, John, it's perfect because the types of people who work at an architectural firm, they are artists, they are craftsmen, they are creative people. They build this amazing gingerbread house display. Matter of fact, John, do you know what they did this past year? What? They recreated Mount Gretna. No kidding. The entire town, the lake, they recreated at RLPS. In gingerbread. In gingerbread. And then they opened it up to the community. So people came out. I, I've been told the line often stretches outside the door to go in and tour the gingerbread houses. Now, to be clear, there was nothing in there that said, 
use our LPS for architectural services. There was nothing there that, that said, you know, buy from us. But what they did was they used that festive holiday spirit and they attached their own brand to it. Not unlike um, Coca-Cola using Santa Claus back in the 1920s and 30s. You know, hitching yourself to something um, entertaining and, and that, that, that conjures up good memories for people. I like it. And what else you... That's not the only architectural firm, okay? Yeah. So here's something that's a little bit more interactive. Another architectural firm here in Lancaster, Beers Hoffman. Beers Hoffman, once a month, they have Lego night, John. Huh, Lego night. They open the place up. People are welcome to come in, bring your kids. Uh, my children are, are well beyond the Lego age, but John, there was a time that I was stepping on Legos all over the house. <laughs> now imagine if you could take your kid, go through an architectural firm, you know, hang out, have some snacks, build Legos with your kid. That sounds fun, and, and it also sounds like it relates to their brand. Absolutely. It, it, it's spot on, you know, and that's that's kind of one of the things that you're going for there. Again, you know, Michelin knew you'd have to be in your car to get to the restaurant, you know. Guinness knows if you're having an oyster, you're going to be drinking something. Okay. Yeah, good points. Third one for you. Every Friday, a good friend of mine, Ken Peterson. Ken Peterson, uh, is a branch manager of Fairway Independent Mortgage. Every month or every Friday for years, Ken has pushed out a short video to people called Ken's Corner. What's amazing about Ken's Corner is he he very very rarely mentions that he's in the mortgage business. Instead, he's talking about related things that might impact your desire to get a loan. So he's talking about what the stock market's doing. He's talking about tax changes. But what he's really, really trying to do is educate, especially the realtors in the community, about changes in the market. And there's no need for him to say, call Ken up if you need a mortgage. That's implied. That sounds smart. Well, it is smart, John, but, but the reality is, that, you know, for every good example of content marketing out there, uh, there are plenty of examples that, well, are not so good. You know, the, the thing I mentioned a few minutes ago about the viral video, I think relates to that point, and it, it also relates to brand, because we would have uh, clients come and say, hey, can you make us a viral video? I want something that's going to go viral. Well, if you think about the things that are going to make a video, many of them go go viral. You know, there are things that are somewhat inappropriate. Uh, it might be somebody <laughs> falling down. It might be uh, off-color jokes. It's pranks. It's people making fools of themselves. And those are not necessarily things that you want associated with your brand. That's a huge point, John. You know, in, in episode one, we talked about brand archetypes. So if you're going to do content marketing, and this is important, you kind of want to make sure that that content marketing is consistent with your brand archetype. So for instance, we've talked about, we've talked about the hero archetype. You know, we've talked about the sage archetype. You know, you don't want to be putting out silly content if that's your archetype. You know, if, listen, we didn't, we didn't talk about the jester archetype. If you're the jester archetype, then you can get away with a silly video. But you know, when it comes to content marketing, you know, content marketing has to absolutely fit in well with the brand, absolutely. Okay, those are some great examples, Marcus. Well, I hope they inspire you, John, because now we've reached my favorite part of the program. Are you ready for it? What's that? This is the challenge portion of the program. So now, as we've discussed, the only rule is that content marketing has to be about education and or entertainment. That's your only rule, John, okay? All right, education and entertainment. Or entertainment. Okay. I mean, or, listen, okay. hey, hey All right. if you get both, I love it. All right. So I'm going to name an industry 
and I'm looking for you to find one way to educate and or entertain them. And it's, like I said, bonus points if you do both. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, John, I need a fitness, I, I need a content marketing, ca uh, content marketing program for fitness centers. All right, fitness centers, let's see. Okay, and I'm thinking education and I'm thinking entertainment. Or. Or, okay, <laughs> all right. All right, let me start with education because I think I've got ideas on both of these. I think I can cover both education and I love entertainment. It. I All love right. it. So, so on the education front, who knows more about getting fit than trainers who work at fitness centers? No one. That's All right. right. So I'm proposing that at John's Fitness Center, see, I've even named it after myself. I like it. We develop a video series on getting fit for the new year. These videos are going to be posted on YouTube. They're going to be created by my fitness instructors. They're going to be promoted on my social media channels. They're going to establish credibility for my brand. They're going to be visible in ser to search engines. They're going to reach new audiences. So, and by the way, I'm going to promote them at Lancaster Online. How's that for education? See, I, I love it because, you know, you talked about a couple things there. You, you, you have very, very good content. It's going to motivate and educate people. Um, you also talked about, you know, saying, okay, now that I've gone through the expense, you know, one of, one of, my, one of my soapbox lines is content creation is hard, distribution is easy. So mm -hmm. now that I've created that content online, use a partner like LNP to get it out there. I, I, think, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the things, um, and, and not, not to der derail the conversation, but at some point, John, we totally have to do an episode about giving away the, the, the candy in the candy store because I could see some very traditional brand saying, whoa, 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 if somebody just watches that video on YouTube, they might not come into the store to, to right, sign up. Right. And and um, let, let's put let's uh, let's put a pin in that one, John. Okay. And at some point, we're going to come back and talk about free versus paid. But uh, I love the idea. Okay. So I had another idea for entertainment, and and I was taking this idea um, from a um, from a haunted house. Um, there's a very well known haunted house, um, and I believe it's in. Um, Niagara Falls. Um, and what they have done with content marketing is they set up a camera within the haunted house at the point where people uh, get the bejesus scared out of them. <laughs> and as soon as uh, this, you know, somebody jumps out or they're, they're scared, they snap a picture of them. So they have, so every person that goes through this haunted house has a picture of them taken at a moment of absolute terror. <laughs> and they use these for content marketing and they post them on social media. They post them on Twitter. They have uh, Pinterest boards. Uh, it's on the website. Uh, people actually can buy these pictures uh, when they're done and they have spread wildly on social media. Um, and I think it's a brilliant way of promoting their brand. That is absolutely that it's perfect. Because I guarantee you, and I'm unfamiliar with the pictures, but I guarantee you that on those pictures, they're not saying, come here, here's a coupon. They're, they're not direct selling. They're simply entertaining with the brand. Right. And, you know, I was going to propose the same, a similar idea for, for fitness centers, but, but with all your talk about brand, being brand appropriate, I'm thinking it's a bad idea, and here's why. So the idea that I had was that there would be a thing called workout face. 
All right, workout face is the face you get when you're lifting weights or when you're exerting yourself. It's sort of that equivalent of the haunted house moment of extreme terror, but at the fitness center, it's the moment of extreme exertion. Um, you know, imagine our faces uh, when, when we're lifting, when we're moving, when we're tired, etc. So the idea around entertainment that I had is that you would be taking pictures of those and using those in social media. But here's why I think it's a bad idea. I think it's a bad idea because I think it's off-brand. I think, I think many people um, who are going to fitness centers can be self-conscious. Um, they, they want a certain measure of privacy. They don't want people looking at them, um, especially if they're feeling like maybe they're not as fit as they would like to be. So I think that's an example where it, it works great in one industry, but it probably doesn't work great in the fitness industry, and it may be off-brand. You know what, John? And I'm going to I'm going to agree and disagree with okay. you on this one because here's the thing, um, I think you're right for 90% of the gyms that are out there. Okay. But wow, you know there are some gyms today that really really do you know they operate in this niche niche of hey you know what we want the muscle heads okay. here you sure. know we you know this is grungy this is hard and so um you know what you just said there was huge because um. It is a good idea, but it's probably only a good idea for a very, very small sliver of gyms. And that's really the point. Okay. We, we want to embrace the content marketing that reflects the, the, the brand image. So uh, um, good for you for coming up with the idea. Good for you for recognizing that it, it stinks for 90% of gyms. But I hope the one gym that uh, that it fits for, they, they, they steal that idea. It's, it's outstanding. All right. Hey, so that brings us to the end of this episode, John. Um, uh, whether you uh, whether you go to the Google or you go to the show notes, you know some things that you could look into to learn more about content marketing are the Content Marketing Institute. Joe Polizzi sold it off, but it is going gangbusters even without him. Content Marketing World John is actually an event that happens every year. It almost always takes place in Cleveland. One heck of a great show. That's a thing. Content that, marketing world. Content marketing world. It's actually one of my favorite trade shows that I've ever attended, um, and it's all about you know how do you educate and how do you entertain the, the, those customers. So we've reached the end of this episode, John. Um, next time, though, I understand courts in session. Court is in session, and we're going to be talking about the twenty-two immutable laws of marketing. So you've been listening to Marketing with Walker and Graham, the show about marketing and advertising for businesses in central Pennsylvania. Thanks for tuning in and visit us at lnpmediagroup.com to see all of our podcasts um, and tune in next time. Again, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. Uh, we'll see you soon. I can't wait. <laughs>